0: How many of you know he's good? How many of you know he cares? You got to know. You got to know. If you don't know, you will know. Amen. There's that new, like, hashtag. It's like I, Y, N, or I, Y. If you know, you know. If you don't know, now you know. What? Is, how does it go? If you, know. if you know, you know. If you know, you know. It's that simple. If you know God is good, you know. If you know, you know. Right? You hear people. Like, listen, listen. If you know you're saved, you know. If you know you're healed, if you know you're forgiven, if you know, you know. And you'll, you'll know, right? It's kind of like that. If you know God is good and he's been there for you, it's just like that. I'm, I'm kind of behind some things because y'all, y'all are quick with making new stuff, and I just don't even bother keeping up, you know. But this is a new thing that we're uh, going to be getting into, a new sermon series. It's called the Lord's Supper. Everybody say, suck. See, we don't say sup anymore, like, hey, we're about to have some sup. We don't say that anymore. We say, hey, man, I'm about to slam, you know, I'm about to go eat. But this was like their slamming. This was their, like, whenever they were like, let's slam, let's have some supper. Of course, Jesus didn't talk like that no matter how many times the movies try to portray him to talk like that. The Lord's Supper. Everybody say, the Lord's Supper. This is a very important thing. I was going to title it, the last supper, but I just feel like, In this sermon series, we're going to be talking about not just this moment of the Last Supper, but we're going to be talking about communion and just what it is and how important it is for us and how we have to do it with the right heart, a heart of Thanksgiving. Matter of fact, what's the special holiday that's taking place this month? Thanksgiving. Say it like you're about to slam on some food. Come on. Say it like, what's your favorite food right now? Just shout it out. Who said Turkey. I rock with that. Not a lot of people rock with turkey anymore. It's like outdated. But turkey, how many of y'all like ham with that, like pineapple? How many of y'all like some baked macaroni and cheese? How many of y'all like some, some Puerto Rican rice? How many of you like some lechon? How many of you like some tamales? How many you like, come on, man. I'm getting hungry up here. I'm getting hungry up here, man. Yo, I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat, man. I'm going to be honest with you. There are every, almost every Thanksgiving, something's wrong with me and I can't eat food. Either my stomach's hurt, my stomach's hurt, or I got my wisdom tooth removed or like something's going on with me in my system. It's sad. It's sad. But this year, by God's grace, I'm going to slam. I'm going to slam. I'm going to get all the leftovers and I'm going to eat them all and I'm going to enjoy them all. And I'm going to be thanking God every single moment. Thank you, Lord, for this lechon. Thank you, Lord, for this Puerto Rican rice. God, thank you to me a great Thanksgiving. Amen? Amen. And listen, before Thanksgiving, there was the Lord's Supper. What do you think they were pretty much doing for Thanksgiving when the pilgrims came, you know? They were having Thanksgiving. They were, they were giving thanks to God. Who were they thanking? They weren't thanking themselves. They were thanking God. So Thanksgiving actually is super tight, super close. Uh, it's closely knitted to this, uh, this event that happened, right? Uh, so, well, what we're, what we're going to get into is a few passages. We're going to go to Luke chapter 22, 13 to 22. Luke chapter 22, 13 to 22. How many of you have done communion before? Okay, yeah, most of you have. How many of you ever got, like, if you're from a Catholic church, this is what they do. You know, you had the dude he comes in, he's like, oh, and you got to eat it, right? That's what they do. Let's say y'all looking like that's weird. Hey, listen, man. That's what they do, right? And and then they all drink from the same cup. Right? They couldn't do that during COVID, that's for sure. That's for sure. They couldn't do that during COVID, right? <laughs> People looking like faking it, you know, they're like, didn't even drink it, pass it up. But we all we've all taken communion. I kind of want to dive a little deeper into what communion is. Uh, It says right here, starting at verse uh, 13, they left and found things just as Jesus had told them. He's telling them to prepare for uh, the meal. So they prepared the Passover. Everybody say Passover. Everybody say Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and gave thanks. Everybody say, gave thanks. thanks. And he broke it, right? What do you think the term, let's break bread, comes from? It comes from Jesus. Come on. Because he broke bread. Come on. And also, he poured out his blood. What do you think, why do you think they pour out Hennessy for the, the fallen people, man? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, they don't do that. That's probably one reason, right? It's like they pour out. It's a sign of remembrance. That's probably one thing. Y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. It's okay. But he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. That's important. Everybody say remembrance. Remembrance is a big thing, and we'll get to a little bit more of it in just a second. But let's go now to Matthew chapter 26. Uh, verses 26 to 28, we're, we're hopping over the Bible real quick. How many of you know about the book of Matthew? Raise your hand. How many of you know about the book of Mark? Raise your hand. How many of you know about the book of Luke? Raise your hand. These are called the synoptic gospels, okay? These are similar gospels. They have similar stories. They're just slightly different, different perspective. It's like imagine if Evie just got up and started running, right, and then tripped and fell and then tumbled over, right? Okay, it's just something that probably would happen to Evie, unfortunately, but it's okay. She's cool with that, right? Not cool with falling. We got, to, can't fall, right? But here's the thing if AJ was knocking out and all of a sudden he just heard a thud, you're like, oh, what was that? How his story would go is I heard a thud and I woke up, right? But then Bethany, was maybe on her phone looking at the Bible app. Then all of a sudden she just saw like uh, Evie straight on her face. And that's, that's how she describes it. But then Kirsten gets the whole view. She sees Evie trip, fall, roll over, and fall on her face. See, they're all described those events, but they'll describe it differently. And see, that's kind of what the synoptic gospels are. They have the same events. It's not that there's contradictions. There's complements. They complement each other's stories, and they give each other different perspectives. So when we get into this, Matthew chapter 26, verse 26 to 28, uh, he says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is the blood of my covenant, which is poured out for many many for the forgiveness of sins. So you see, that's a new thing. It didn't say forgiveness of sins in the last one. It just says, poured out for you, the disciples. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. All right? So now... We got, through Ma- or we got through Luke, we got through Matthew, let's hop over to Mark. Let's see what Marky Mark has to say. Let's go to Marky Mark. Mark chapter 14, uh, verse 22. It says in Mark chapter 14, verse 22, while they were eating, Jesus took bread and he had given thanks and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take it, this is my body. Oh, that's, that's similar, right? Then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank from it. So that's different. Now there's a little bit more detail about what they did with the cup. This is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many. Truly, I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. And in both Matthew and Mark, it says they sang after. Right. So praise God for his word. We love this. I love this. This is one of my favorite things to do is find connections in the Bible. It's exciting. It's fun to me. It's like, you know... I don't know if you guys ever heard of Sudoku. It's old school, man. Like if your grandma or grandpa's playing something, it's probably Sudoku. I never learned to play it. always asked my mom to teach me. She never taught me. It's a complicated game. It's weird. But, you know, for me, this is like my Sudoku. Just finding little connections in the scripture. Except Sudoku has no benefit for your soul, unfortunately. No matter how good you are at it. Right? But this has benefit for my soul. I learn things from the scripture that edify me and change me. So we're going to get into this now because there's a word that I asked you guys to say in the beginning. What was that word? Do you remember? Starts with a P. Ends with an over. Passover. Right? Everybody say Passover. So we can get those slides. Uh, Oscar, did I send you? Uh, oh, TJ's in the back. I didn't send you those slides. You- they're up there? Oscar the man. Everybody say Oscar the man. Oscar the man. Y'all don't believe he's the man. It's okay. I believe it, the man. Got you. What's Passover? What's Passover? What is that, right? That's something that a lot of people, uh, you know, they kind of skim over. Does anybody with a raise of hand even know that kind of an idea of what Passover is? If you got Jewish buddies, anybody got here Jewish buddies? They're the people with the hat and they got the long sideburns. That's a yarmulke, right? Well, I mean, Oli's Jewish, but Oli, Oli is ethnic ethnically Jewish. He's not religiously Jewish, right? The people that are like Zionists, right, they have these long, long sideburns. They don't shave their sideburns because of the Old Testament. Then they have a yarmulke on their head. And what they do, right, is they do this thing called Passover where they get together and they eat. Very similar to what we would say is Thanksgiving. So they celebrate Passover. And it's cool because guess who also celebrated Passover? Passover. Jesus, Jesucristo, he celebrated Passover. So get this, your Jewish friends are doing something that Jesus did. If you want to celebrate Passover, feel free. Just Google it, and when it's happening, find a Jewish friend and be like, hey, yo, let's, let's slam. And they'll be like, yeah, let's sup. So we're going to go to Exodus chapter 12, verse 1, right? Exodus chapter 12, verse 1. Everybody heard of Moses, correct? Everybody heard of Moses, Everybody knew that the Israelites were in Egypt as slaves. Well, this is kind of like the climax of that story when everything kind of lifts off. It says right here, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month is to be your beginning of months. Like your January, it will be your first month of the year. Tell the whole community of Israel, in the 10th day of this month, they must each take a lamb for themselves according to their families, a lamb for each household. If any household is too small for a lamb, the man and his next-door neighbor are to take a lamb according to the number of people. You will make your count for the lamb according to how much each one can eat. Your lamb must be a perfect. Everybody say perfect. Everybody say a male. Everybody say one year old. You must take it from the sheep uh, or from the goats. You must take care for it until the 14th day of this month. And then the whole community of Israel will kill it around sundown. That's a crazy scene. We're like, hey, let's all get together knock on the neighbor's door. Hey, come on, time for Passover. We're like, yeah, all happy. Then all of a sudden we're just like, kill it. That'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. I don't want to see it. I'd freak out. But that's kind of like the scene that's going on here. They all get together. They see a lamb, and they kill it, right? That's part of what's going on. We continue. You must care for it until the 14th. Uh, and then it says, that, that's after they care for it, of course. They don't kill it, then care for it. That's a contradiction, right? So they care for it. They feed it. You know, they you know, make it a big, strong lamb, right? Make sure that it's still blemish-free. And they'll take some of the blood, that when they, after they kill it, and they'll put it on two side posts at the top of the door frame of the houses where they will eat. So, two door. Think about a door, right? Everybody has a door, correct? Anybody live here in a tent? I just want to be sensitive to to any of my tent people here. Okay, no tent people. Everybody has a door. You have a door, good. What about you, Oli? I know you have a door. I've seen your door. But we all have a door. Think of that. What they would do is they would take the blood and they would put it on top and to the sides. And that's what they would do. They wouldn't do it every Passover. This is a specific thing that they're doing for this Passover. And I'll explain why. Now, so they put on, now they will eat the meat. So they don't just waste the rest of the lamb. They'll eat the meat that same night. And they'll eat it over, uh, roast it over the fire with bread made without yeast and with bitter herbs. Now, the, the thing with yeast is important, right? Has anyone ever seen like fluffy bread? real fluffy, that doughy bread. Man, I'm talking about like that, really good, like that bread that when you pull it, it looks real nice, the commercial type bread. You know, anybody ever seen that bread? That's not the bread they would eat. They would eat very thin bread that wasn't fluffy, and it wasn't as flavorful, because yeast was mixed with uh, other things like carbon dioxide and oxygen. They would let the yeast build, right? It was like almost like an infection, but a good kind, right? And The yeast would build, make it fluffy. This bread was flat, didn't have the fluff. And that was the bread they were supposed to eat. Reason why? It's easier to make. This is something they have to do in one night, in one night. So this bread had to be quick. They had to eat it, and they had to do this thing. And then it became a part of their uh, celebration, and the yeast became, or the bread without yeast became a symbol of purity, purity so they would eat pure bread. That's important to understand. It was a bread without yeast. You may be thinking, man yeast, that sounds weird. That sounds kind of like some, uh, some weird stuff. No, nope. trust me, you'll understand. Uh, so they'll eat without yeast and with bitter herbs. It was meant to not taste that much, right? Uh, and we'll get to that what we'll get to that later. Do not eat it raw or boiled in water but roast it over the fire with its hind legs and its, uh, with its head, its legs and its entrails. His intestines. You must leave nothing until morning. Eat the whole thing. All of it must be consumed. You must burn with fire whatever remains of it until morning, like all the bones and everything. This is how you are to eat it. Dressed to travel, your sandals on your feet, and your staff on your hand. You are to eat it in a haste. That's why they would make it without dough. So that's why they would do it. This is a quick meal. Like anybody here, a quick eater? Bro, me. My wife says, I don't eat, I inhale. Right? Everywhere I go, I'm eating quick. It's like how I was raised. Me and my cousin, we would always race. And whoever ate quickest was, like, more manly. You know, anybody here that, like, have been through that with their cousin? Anybody? like, man, like, if I eat faster than you, I'm more of a man than you. So I would eat faster than him, but this dude could, like, drink a water bottle in, like, one second. And I'd be, like, drinking, finish my meal. He's finishing up, taking his time, and then he just drinks it in a second. I'm like, dang, you beat me. But they were to eat it in a haste, quickly. They weren't supposed to waste any time, any of the lamb, anything, quick. And this is the Lord's Passover. Why does he do that? Well, here's the thing. God is going to set Egypt free, or set Israelites free from Egypt. And what he's going to do is he's going to send an angel of death. And he's going to pass over each door, each door, the Egyptians and the Israelites, And any door that doesn't have blood on it, right, the firstborn of that household is going to die. Remember, this is the 10th plague. This is the last plague. Pharaoh was like already got nine plagues, and he's like, dude, you're not my God. I'm not going to listen to you. So God's like, okay, this is it. This is the last plague. And we'll get to as why this is not just a plague, but there is bigger uh, symbolism for that because the Israelites... Their firstborns were spared. every time the Israelite who had blood over the, the doors, the angel passed over. so that's where we get the name. the angel passed over that house and then we go to the Egyptians house. So that was the last plague that freed the Egyptian or freed the Israelites from the Egyptians captivity. Everybody say freedom. Freedom ain't free. And that's the truth. We live in a country, where we take advantage of our freedoms, and sometimes we take for granted our freedoms. But freedom ain't free. People had to buy and pay for our freedom, right? How many of you come from immigrant families? I'm not asking you to snitch. Don't worry. We're not telling nobody, okay? What I'm asking is, do you come from families that weren't, did not originate from here? First, second generation, Right? they usually lived in countries that weren't free. And what they had to do was they had to pay their way to get over here. They had to find a way to get to freedom. So the Lord, okay, he basically, through these instructions, this is how they got their freedom. And this is how he set them free through the plagues. God sent the plagues to Egypt. Egypt had to pay the price. Now, Here's the thing. If we can go to uh, these slides real quick. What is Passover? Simply, it's a memorial done at the beginning of each year. And what does this memorial do? It, c- it celebrates how God, set, uh, how God set them free, and it's done in order to remember. Everybody say, remember. Keep that in mind. It involves the blood of a lamb. It involves bread without yeast, as in pure bread. And it sacrifices needed... And it involves God's mercy and his love. His mercy and his love, but then also his wrath. I forgot to put that there. His mercy, his love, and his wrath. Does that sound familiar? You see, if we can go to the next slide, I want you guys to understand Christ is recreating the Passover, he's making it new. You see, right here, we have the angel. It always looks bogus. I don't know why. I'll get good slides one day. But we have an angel. He's passing over. They're having a meal here. Now we get over here, right? You see the disciples around Jesus as they're breaking bread and eating, uh, breaking bread and eating it, but then also drinking wine. There are so many similarities. First of all, Jesus is the Lamb of God. He is the Lamb of God to be slain. And here's the thing, whether you know it or not, we've all or all are slaves to sin. We've have, we have all been slaves to sin. All of us have been slaves to sin. If you're not free in Jesus' name, you're a slave to the devil and a slave to sin. If you are not born again, made new in Jesus Christ, you are dead in your sins. A slave only doing what your body is telling you to do is being lured away by the devil's tricks. Everyone's been a slave, so what does Jesus do? Jesus, as the Lamb of God, is sacrificed, and his sacrifice, which sheds his blood, is now the reason why we are free, not just free from slavery, but now death no longer has a hold on us, for the scripture says the wages of sin is death. See, we were all dead in our sins, but then God's wrath passed over us, death passed over us, and now we're in his glorious life. And that's where we're going to get into right now. I summarized it, but let's, get in, uh, let's go back to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter, actually, uh, Matthew, let's go to Mark. Sorry. Oh, this is the problem with having too many, too many, right? Let's go to Luke. Sorry, TJ. I got you exercising back there. Luke chapter 22. So it says right here, Uh, that Jesus, he takes this bread and he says, this is my body for you. Everybody say, for you. Who's in the room with Jesus right now? Anybody know? Who's in the room with Jesus right now? The disciples. So who do you think he's speaking to? So he's talking to the disciples alone right there, and then this is my body for you. Do this in remembrance of me. See, what Catholics believe is that Jesus, during the communion, He literally the bread becomes his literal body, his literal body, and the wine becomes his literal blood. However, they would reject that it is just a symbol or an act of remembrance. They would say, you're literally eating Jesus' body, and you're literally eating Jesus' blood. There's no room for that in the scripture. It's just remembrance. If you or you know someone, like in those commercials, if you or a loved one is suffering from mesothemioma, whatever, how do you say that? Forgot. If you or a loved one is suffering from weird teachings of the Catholic Church, I want to let you know you can be free in Jesus' name. You're not eating Jesus' actual body or drinking his actual blood. You are not participating in some Twilight uh, vampire diaries type stuff here. We're doing this in remembrance. There is a symbol done here. Is it spiritual? Yes. God does move in these moments, but it's not because it's his actual body and his, fl- and his blood. So literally, they believe that every mass, every time they meet, they're literally eating Jesus over and over and over and drinking his blood over and over and over. But everybody say remembrance. remembrance. You see, just like Passover was done in remembrance, The Lord's Supper communion is done in remembrance. One is a memorial, another is a memorial. Everybody got that? Does everybody understand? Just shake your head yes. If you don't understand, what I want you to do is shake your head no. Because I want you guys to get this. If you have Catholic friends, don't, or maybe you run into Catholic people, or maybe Catholic people tell you, get into a YouTube video, like, listen, they're doing it wrong. They're not doing it the way Jesus said and now, when we get into G- Jesus' body, when he says, this is my body, when he takes the bread, we have to understand that, again, bread, bread was pure. The bread was pure. Jesus was eating a bread that was pure. And if he says, this is my body, what is he saying about his body? It is what? Pure. You see, Jesus was without sin. There are people, people on the news that have talked about Jesus, right, in a way to kind of dismiss homosexuality. They said, even Jesus sinned thinking of this guy named Don Lemon. He said that one time. Even Jesus sinned. And he could be be farther from the truth. Jesus, the only significance of Jesus' body has to do with him being pure, holy, without sin, without blemish. Because in the Passover, they had to find a lamb that was pure, without blemish. Jesus is that lamb. He is going to be that lamb. And it was Jesus' body this time, not the lamb. It was Jesus' body that was going to be sacrificed, that was going to be killed, that was going to have everyone's sin put on it. I want everyone to picture this. Close your eyes. Close your eyes, everybody. I want you to picture this. Imagine taking your sin in one hand and putting it on a lamb. That's what they would do in their mind in the Old Testament. They would put their sin on a lamb. Now, imagine that lamb getting killed. Imagine that lamb getting burnt alive or burnt, you know, after he's killed. So now, imagine Jesus. You are putting your, la- your sin on Jesus, and now imagine Jesus being killed. You see, that what was, was, that's the picture that we should get as Christians. Jesus, we are putting our sin on him. We are putting all of our wrongdoings on him. We are literally saying, this is on you. And he dies taking that sin, sacrificing for that sin. And this is needed for the forgiveness of of sins, just like it says in Matthew, it says this is the blood of my covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And Luke it says poured out for you. And Matthew says poured out for many. If they're both correct. Jesus was first speaking to his disciples, but then guess what? He wasn't just wanting his disciples to receive the blood. He wants you to receive the blood. He wants you to receive the blood. He wants me to receive the blood. Jesus wasn't just talking to people at that time. He wasn't just talking to believers. He was talking to everyone, your Muslim friends. He and his death was for them. Your atheist friends, him and his death was for them. See, the blood of Jesus was for the whole world. And at that moment, the disciples received it, right in a symbol. And it says, and this is what I want you guys to understand, that by receiving or having our sins passed on to Jesus now, God's wrath passed over us. Go to Romans chapter 5:23. Romans chapter 5:23. Or Romans 6, 23, sorry. No, that's not the verse. Find the verse where it says, and God's wrath passed over us. It's in Romans. We have to understand is that only by this, only by Jesus' blood, can God's wrath pass over us. Why? The Bible says that in the blood is life. And that's just true in science as well. When you need life, right, when you need a blood donation, unless you're a Jehovah Witness, unfortunately, because they believe in some weird stuff, right, you get a blood transfusion, right? You get a blood transfusion, right? If there's no blood pumping to your brain, you die, right? Blood is the source of life, and that was the symbol here. And if you sin, the wages of sin is death. Death is the punishment of all sin. So we need blood. Blood is needed for the forgiveness of sin, in order to pay for sin, in order to be reconciled back to God, brought back to God, we need blood. The only, way for, the only way for God's wrath to pass over us is if there's blood there. How do we know this? It's a symbol. The Passover, the Israelites, blood on the door, angel passed over it. This is now being referenced right here. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you... Re- this isn't it, brother. Did you find it? Okay. I'm going to find it for, oh, 325, 325, it says right here, this is Paul speaking, Paul is Jewish, Paul is referencing again the Passover, he's telling them, listen man, this is what it's about, if you believe in Christ, you're set free from sin, and that the wrath of God has now passed over you, God 325, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement. That means he paid for our sin through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. How do we receive this? How do we receive this? Say it like you got some faith. How do we receive this? We receive this by faith. If we believe in Christ, not if we go to church, not if we do good things, not if we do the law. We can't receive it that way. Only by believing, having faith. He did this to uh, to demonstrate his righteousness because he had forbearance. He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness to present this uh, to the present time. So as just to be as to to be just and to the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. And then that's still not what I'm looking for. Hold on. That's not it. That's part of it. Hold on, everybody look to your neighbor and say, help him, Lord. Yeah, he's helping me. He'll do it. He'll do it. Got it. Romans 5.9. Romans 5.9. Thank you, Lord. God answers prayers. He did help me. He helped me. Romans 5.9. Romans 5.9 says, since we have been justified by his blood. Everybody say, by his blood. Justified means this. How many of you, when you get caught with something, you make excuses? Did any of y'all make excuses? Y'all just perfect. Y'all just, y'all just like own up to everything. Hey, man, who stole this? I did, right? Hey, man, you stepped on my foot. Yes, I did, right? Hey, man, you failed that test? You bet your bottom dollar I did, right? Is that how y'all? No, you know there's excuses. You failed that test? Man, you didn't give me enough time to study, right? I got students. They always got excuses. Man, I tell them to memorize two verses. That's too long. I give them time to study in class. Oh, that's not enough time. We try to justify ourselves with excuses. However... This is how we're justified, by his blood. That means we're made right. We're not made right by excuses or made right by our actions. We're actually made right by his blood. And it says, how much more shall we be saved by God's wrath through him? Through him. So I'm not fighting the Passover, but we're saved from God's wrath. God's wrath passes over us if we go through Jesus. Um, If I can have Melanie come up now. So we're going to go now to the wine. The wine represents what? His blood. The wine represents his blood. Now, the thing is, with Jesus' blood, this was shed for our forgiveness, for our sins. Instead of the disciples putting blood over the doors, it says it was poured out over, right? It was poured out over them. So instead of being over the doors, Jesus' blood is over them now. It's over them. And And this blood initiates a new covenant. Everybody... Say covenant. This is, a, this is probably a word you read in the Bible, and you're like, what's a covenant, right? You think a new life covenant. Well, what is new life covenant? What does that mean? Covenant is a relationship, an agreement. You see, when they drank Jesus' blood, right, metaphorically, not literally, when they drank the wine, this was an agreement now. They were taking part of who he is. And they drank from one cup. That's true. They all drank from one cup because this was one sacrifice. So it wasn't multiple cups. Like they all had their own cup. They all had to have their own sacrifice. No, it was Jesus' sacrifice. It was Jesus' wine. It was his blood that was shed for all of them. And they all got to partake in that. They all got to experience that. And this is now how it applies to you if I can have uh, everyone stand up. It says, uh, I want to I'll let you know that Jesus makes it clear that this was meant to be poured out for many. So a lot of us may think, man, Christianity, Christianity ain't for me. But here, it doesn't matter what you think. Jesus says he's for you. His blood was shed for you. His blood was shed for those that were actually crucifying him. Jesus' blood was shed for us. So this is what I want you to know. Have you received it? Have you drank of this cup? We're about to have, um, we're about to have communion right now. So if we can get the elements ready, this is the only way to be forgiven. Not not this practice. This practice is a symbol. It's a remembrance. And I want to let you know, if you're not saved, don't take this right now. If you're not saved. See, this is for people that have received his blood. This is for people that have taken of his sacrifice. They've said, Jesus, I've seen your body. It was pierced. I've seen your body. It was killed. It was ripped apart. Jesus, I believe and I trust in you. This is for people that see his blood, Jesus' blood. You shed for me. It was shed for me. You poured it out so that I may be saved, so that I may have the forgiveness of my sins. You see, if you have not confessed that, if you have not believed that today, don't take this. And we'll get a little bit more into that as the weeks come. But if you do want to be saved, if you do want to receive Jesus' blood, right, then yeah, take it. If this is what you're saying is that, Lord, I confess to you, Lord, that I believe that you died, that your body was crucified, pierced, hung on a cross to bleed for me so that, God, your wrath may pass over so that you forgive me now. Lord, I believe that your blood was shed for me so that I may have forgiveness, so that I may be free from sin. If you want to confess that today, then, yeah, take it. But listen, if you're still stubborn in your heart, I want to let you know that God's wrath is still over you, that God's wrath is still over you. You see, if you have not believed in Jesus, if you have not by faith received his blood, then you, by your lack of faith, are receiving his judgment. You see, without faith, it is impossible to please God. You see, without faith, we are condemned in our sin. And what that means is we're guilty. We're guilty. We're just like the Egyptians. We're just like the Egyptians, that they wouldn't let the Israelites free. They wouldn't confess the Lord Yahweh as their God. So God's wrath was still over them. But listen, you don't have to die in your sin. Jesus died for us. You see, Jesus is the firstborn that was killed on our behalf. I know that sounds crazy. I know that sounds maybe weird for some of you. But Jesus was killed by sinners so that sinners can be forgiven. See, there's blood on our hands if we don't receive the blood of Jesus. Our sin is on our hands if we don't receive the blood of Jesus. If we don't put the sins that we've committed on the body of Christ, the sins that we've committed remain on us. So that means God doesn't see you like these preachers say, oh, you're just perfect the way you are. You're just such an awesome person. You're enough. You're great. You're awesome. No, God sees you for your sin. If you don't put your sin on Christ, that means he sees all the mistakes you've made. He sees all the sins you've committed. He sees all the lies, all the cheating, all the stealing. He sees it all, and he's angry at it, but God's mercy is still available for you. It's still available for you. If you confess your sins and you believe in Him, if you say, Jesus, forgive me for I've sinned. Lord, I give you my sins. I give you these addictions. I give you these habits. I give you this perversion. I give you this idolatry, Lord. I give you these thoughts. God, just have it all, God. Sin's on you, Lord. Forgive me. You'll be forgiven. Because it's not by what you do, it's by what he did. We're going to all take out the wafer. So everyone. If I can have everyone actually come to the front. Let's all do this together. So everyone come to the front, leave where you're at. Everyone with eyes closed, I want you to lift up the wafer. This wafer represents Christ's body. I want you to close your eyes. See, when we do communion, it's not just a ritual. We we should love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, all our body. Think about this. Christ's body being sacrificed. The nails in his hands. The betrayal that he went through. The denial, the rejection, him being despised. His body under that pressure, his body being killed for us. That was done so that we, are, we in our sins may be forgiven. So that by his stripes we are healed. Let's take of the wafer. And as you're eating, I want you to think. I want you to continue to think, Lord. Your body, this is your body. We're taking part of this. So now everyone take the Welch's grape juice. So this is gonna represent, it's not actual wine, so don't be afraid. Don't worry, I won't tell your parents. Because there's no need to tell your parents. It's grape juice. But this represents his blood. Everyone close your eyes. Once you get it open, it's a little tricky. Don't worry. Think about this, right? We just feel the Lord talking about self-harm in this place. See, self-harm is almost like the the antithesis. That means like the enemy of the communion. Because for our pain, we cut ourselves. And I want to let you know, you don't have to cut yourself anymore. You don't have to bleed for your sins. You don't have to bleed for your depression or your guilt. See, Jesus bled for your sorrows He bled for your shame, and he bled for your guilt. Right now, we take this in remembrance of Jesus' blood that brings us back to God, that gives us life. This is the new relationship with Jesus that we're in. It never gets old. See, it's never an old covenant because of his blood is never old. It never runs out. Let's drink of his blood and the wine. So now, everyone, I want you guys to just bow your heads. This is the this is time where now we pray, and we begin to just thank the Lord. In your own words, begin to thank God. Begin to thank God. Thank you, Lord, for your body. Thank you for the salvation that you've given me, Lord. Make it personal. Thank you, Lord, for setting me free from depression, from setting me free from perversion, Lord from taking me from death and now bringing me to life, Lord, for ridding me of my dark mind and bringing me into light, God. Thank you for your blood, Lord, that draws me near to you. Thank you for your forgiveness. Hallelujah. Amen. This is what I'm going to say in closing. If I can have my altar workers come up, there's going to be another time where you can come up for prayer, but after this you'll be dismissed we can have the altar workers come up, please. You see, Jesus says at the end of this, says right here, I would tell you, I will not drink from the fruit of the vine. That means he won't drink. he won't do this again from now on until the day when I drink it new with you, right, in my Father's kingdom. This is a reference to two things. First of all, Jesus resurrected. He's alive today. That means when we commune with him, that means when we take part of this, he is present. Not in the physical form, but in the spiritual form. He's present. He's with us. But he's not just with us in church. He's not just with us when we're with other believers. See, Christ is always with us with this new covenant. And he did it when he resurrected with the disciples. But then the scripture also says that when we resurrect now, when we have a new body, when we are now in with Christ not just in heaven, but on earth. When heaven and earth collide, that's going to happen. God's going to make all things new. We're tired of the suffering. We're tired of the blood. We're tired of the innocence being killed. But Jesus is going to make it all new. And end that he's going to have a feast. And it's going to be like the supper. There's going to be wine. There's going to be bread. And this is my question to you. Will you be there? When Christ returns now, and when he's ready to take a people that are blameless, a people that look like him, and he's ready now to have supper, he's ready to celebrate. Because all things are new. We've won. He's won. Will you be there? Will you be there? If everyone could bow their heads and close their eyes, Father, I thank you, God, for sending your son, Jesus. For the sacrifice that was made. Lord, we give you glory and we give you praise, God, because there's no one like you, Lord. There's no one like you, Jesus, that that can save us, set us free, make us new. Lord, we don't have to work. We don't have to strive. We don't have to do these improvement programs, Lord. We need nothing but your blood, Jesus. So, Father, we praise you. Spirit of God, we just pray in this place that you would begin to enact salvation in every soul right now, Lord. Lord, I pray that souls that don't know you, God, they would become new, Lord. And that they would begin this relationship with God. Lord, we pray that you would not just change people in this place, God. Not just give them a spiritual moment, Lord. But God, I pray that you would give them new lives, you give them new dreams, new futures, new hopes, Lord, that are all set on you in Jesus' name. Thank you again, Lord. We do this in remembrance of you. Amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed. If you still need prayer, come up. If not, go ahead, have some fun, hang out. We don't got bread in the back or wine in the back. but.